It's now time for the next episode of Coachology with Courtney. Let's go. Courtney here and I have my friend Kyle Wright. You may have recognized him with the Braves and especially in the World Series there at the end came in clutch a few games and um, you know he's a local guy and we've had the pleasure of meeting several times and just wanted to talk to him first of all um, get him on the podcast because I want to talk about controlling the controllables and you've had a unique start to this season with a, a lockout going on and so I want to talk to you about what did you do in place of, you know, your normal spring training routine and just with the uncertainties in general going into this season. So, um, so as we're recording this, you're already in Florida, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. in Florida now. So yeah. Um, so. yeah that, that have me on here, but yeah, it's been crazy so far. A lot of, uh, a lot of quick turnarounds and, um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to kind of share a little bit of the story for sure. Yeah. So the, now the timeline, I'm sure it's more vivid for you, but you finished, you won the world series, you're partying and celebrating in Atlanta. How soon after that, did you realize that there was a lockout? Like, what was that timeline? Yeah. So, you know, we were kind of prepared to that, or not want to say prepared, but we knew that there was probably going to be some disagreements, obviously, because our CBA, um, our collective bargaining agreement was coming to an end. So, um, we knew that was going to be renegotiated and there were some differences, you know, that we as players felt that we needed a little more and others felt, you know, another way. So that's a whole nother topic, but yeah, uh, obviously we got locked out. I think it was December 1st was the first day, but really that doesn't change a whole lot um, just because we're in the off season anyways, we're doing our own stuff. So um, I think for me, it was at first, it was just kind of, you know, business as usual, my normal off season, you know, just kind of, stick to your routine, do my plan. Um, you know, I worked with a guy named Ben Brewster, uh, who works in his business is tread athletics, who they do a great job. But so for me, that was just kind of, I was working with them. I was doing the workouts and, um, I've been doing some PT work just to kind of stay on top of stuff, kind of added in some extra things this off season, just cause I'm not getting any younger, but, uh, so just trying to continue to get as healthy as I could. And, I think once it got to, you know, close to normal spring training time, which is, you know, we typically come down here um, early to mid-February, somewhere in there. And as it got closer to that, you know, it seemed like both sides were still really far apart in the agreement. That's when, um, you know, you kind of – everything was just kind of new and weird, um, if you will. So, uh, really, we, we had a great crew, a great group. I worked out at Vanderbilt, so we had a great group of guys there, um, a lot of – a lot of really good players who, you know, were pretty locked in their routines too. So it kind of started into, you know, treating it like we were at spring training a bit as is. So, um, you know, usually I don't throw any, any live APs um, during the off season, but um, this time I did just like I said, try to get some, try to up the competition a little bit and up the uh, intensity and um, try to make it a little bit more spring training and game like as I could, um, you know, it's never going to be quite the same until, you're actually there in camp playing games, pants on, jerseys, everything. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I got to face a bunch of really good hitters, so that helped a lot. But, yeah, so like I said, once I got to February is when it was a little little odd, and um, you just kind of had to try to find a way to make your own spring training in, uh, in Nashville. 
Oh, great. And you said you had a couple guys with you at Vandy. How many, like how many pro guys do you think were around that you were working out with? Yeah. So, you know, I usually, usually like for workouts, there's just like, there's a smaller group of guys, mostly Vandy guys. And then a couple others guys that didn't go there, but when we had our lives, we had a pretty big group, probably around 20 guys or so. Um, I think we had anywhere from, you know, six pitchers thrown at a time and we had, you know, 10 to 15 hitters at any time. So, um, you know, like I said, all, a lot of, all pro guys, a lot of big league guys. So I feel like it was good for everyone to, um, you know, kind of stay sharp that way. Good for pitchers to get some feedback, good for hitters to kind of start tracking some pitches and, um, and start trying to get their timing down too. So it was a, it was a great environment for sure. Awesome. And it was, it's kind of relaxed. So you still get that feel, get the reps, but still kind of relaxed. So that, that sounds yeah. awesome. I would love to just meet up with a bunch of people and like, let's just play. <laughs> especially yeah, that caliber so, that's what's nice about it. you know it's relaxed so you can actually you know really focus on stuff but you're obviously competing because there is a hitter in the box and you have mm -hmm. to take it serious but at the same time you kind of have that luxury of like playing with things tinkering with things like um you know one of the times i think i told i my i was going to throw a first pitch curveball to everybody if i didn't land it then i had to come back with another one so just like you can kind of do a little stuff like that and I feel like in spring training, you still can do that um, to like a certain extent, but at the same time, like I'm trying to make a team. So I can't do that quite as much as I could, you know, while I was at Vandy, just small little things. And, um, you know, minute bat, ask the hitter, like, what'd you see there? Was that, um, could you see it out of the hand? Was that late? You know, just small questions like that to get some feedback and try to improve the next one. So it's just nice. It's relaxed and you can kind of, you know, really that's it's a great time to tinker with things and and work on things that you may not be good at or may not have as uh, much feel with a certain pitch or whatever it may be awesome awesome so i have you ever heard of like what kobe bryant did when he was developing it just made me think of that story yeah i don't think so so he would um you know i've, I've heard this story several times to different people and so it's like he would dedicate one season so basketball you get to play you know kind of year round when he was growing up but he would dedicate like one season this was when he was in high school and he would work on something that he's really bad at so if he you know can't dribble with his left hand then he would only dribble with his left hand so it's similar to what you got to do you got to work on things that maybe are not as crisp and uh, you weren't really competing for a job per se but you were you know still competing with yourself a little bit trying to make things better so um, I always call off season Kobe season, I try to get my, my players on board with the, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Like it's yeah, okay yeah. to be bad, was, struggle a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's great. I mean, anything that he did is probably a good thing to try to do as well. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely cool. worked for him. So who, who organized the, the workouts at Vandy? Did Corbin help with that or did the guys y'all just kind of get together or? Yeah, we just kind of do our own thing. Um, you know, we I've been going there for a while. You know, uh, Corbs, he has a, just a great – he sets it up great for us there. It's, you know, it's like whenever the season's over, ready to work out, just come on in and um, and, do your, and do your stuff. So, usually it's kind of – I guess the only thing we coordinate, if anything, is just, you know, kind of try to go in the morning um, so that way we can get in our work and uh, get out of their way before they have to start practicing and whatnot. But, um, you know, the, the strength coach would kind of – if there's any lift – if they have to lift in the morning or something like that, then, you know, he'll say, hey, got to lift the 
this time, try to work around it or um, there, you know, other staff members help us uh, get like, you know, cards so we can get in at, at whatever time. So, yeah, it's really just kind of like, you know, come on in. That's what's so great is just the doors left open and, um, you know, Coach Corbin wants us to come back and it's just a, it's a really good environment. And when you played at Vandy, did you have a lot of pro guys coming through too? Like, was that this, that like the culture? Yeah, that's what's so cool is like, you know, when I played there, there's a lot of guys, a lot of pro guys working out. And I feel like now there's even more just kind of, it's kind of grown and it's kind of cool to see just like, you know, the different ways of players coming in to where you have, um, you know, guys who, you know, played at Vandy, you know, however many, eight years ago, 10 years ago, and you have guys who literally just got drafted. So it's a really cool mix of, um, ages and and time frames at uh, at Vanny so it's kind of cool just to share like different stories and just you know kind of get to know guys who you know kind of came through there came there before you and now guys who come after so yeah it's it's a really cool setup oh that's that's I'm so jealous <laughs> that is so yeah. cool it makes it easy to do stuff like we did during the lockout it was because you got all those guys there and um, we all have a lot in common obviously the biggest one being is we all went to the same school so it's just it's really easy to to set things up like that. You know, like I said, we just send out a group text, say, hey, who wants to hit and uh, who wants to throw and kind of, you know, just said 10 o'clock and that's where we're going to start. Next, you know, everybody's there. So it's, it's, it's really cool. Oh, good deal. So was there um, anything that you really liked about preparing kind of on your own that, I mean, you did touch on it, like able to tweak, you know, like some of your pitches and not really have the, the consequences of, competing for a job but um was there anything that you really like that you might be able to continue while now that you're actually in Florida and under your your regular routine yeah you know I, I think I like the the fact just kind of the goals that and again, I got that from Ben Brewster he is the one who kind of you know try, said to try that you know this that be at, this that bat or for one inning go you know through the curveball and then another one could be fastball inside whatever it may be just to kind of challenge yourself a little bit um, you know, my curveball, a cur going for me is my curveball because I, I, it's one of my best pitches and it's a pitch that I, I know I need um, to be good and to be able to throw it for a strike at any point. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, you know, it's a pitch I can use behind the count, head in the count, get back a strike, whatever it may be. So for me, that's a good one that I want to really, I want to have that one fine tuned. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a pitch I want to put a lot of focus on, um, you know, and so that's kind of just a, a great way to, do that and I think I'll definitely kind of continue to add that in um, like I said probably can't quite do it to the exact extent with it being once you get game started but it's something that I'm gonna try to keep an eye on so that way I can you know still kind of play the game within the game um, mm -hmm. challenge myself a little bit so but I, and then I think you know it was just if I'm facing my, our own guys like if I'm throwing live here just continue to get feedback from them you know, that one's just a small one that I think is really important because they're your teammates. They're going to tell you um, what they see and it's going to be honest. So, you know, ask your hitters. If you're throwing lives against your hitters, ask them what they saw, what what they didn't see, what looked, what was good, what was bad. You know, I think it's just a great way to get uh, easy feedback. Yeah, and that's that's so overlooked. So there's, I don't think I've ever asked about or anything now that you say that. Yeah, like I just I think just, yeah. sometimes even if you throw good, it's like maybe what what worked well, or maybe there's mm -hmm. a pitch that they saw that uh, they just didn't swing at for whatever means. So that's sometimes you. I feel like if you have good results, you don't even think about to ask them. But yeah, I think it's so so important now. Yeah, it's just 
I like that. So before this season, was there a time like in a regular season where you had spring training on schedule, which I don't think you've had a real regular season because COVID messed up at least one of them. But is there a time like, do you work on that? Like after spring season's over and the season has started, do you work on that? Like early in the season, like perfecting your, you know, dialing in curveballs, or you just kind of go for it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a weird for, question. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty much just all off season. That's like when I try to get everything okay. dialed. Um, and for me, it's like a it's a progression to build up. It's you know all fastballs first, just to try mm-hmm. to get that feel, and then I'll start adding off speed, and then you know eventually by the time we get to spring training, ideally I kind of have everything um, you know locked into where I want it. Um, but again, uh, for some reason, I always like to start slow. I'm gonna try not to do that this year, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, sometimes that is going to extend to the season just to really be able to fine tune. And, um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, obviously a lot of data and information and the slow-mo cameras now that can help kind of speed that process up. But yeah, sometimes it's just you yourself, like you got to feel it. And, you know, the data can say this, the camera can show you, you're, you know, you're hooking your wrist too much, whatever it may be, but yeah. like you got to, sometimes you just got to feel it because you can try to do one thing and it's still not where you want it. So it's just, I think for me, it's just reps, um, reps with your body being on time, getting your arm up on time. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure it's similar to softball too. Just reps mm-hmm. that feel, you know, I think it's anytime you take time off, well, you have to take time off just because you got to give your body a break. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're going to lose some feel just because of that that's what I'm starting to learn. You know, try to not take as much time off, but just kind of do a slower buildup. So it's just kind of mm-hmm. nice slowly building up, but um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just kind of off seasons where it all starts and it's going to, you know, hopefully by spring training, you, you've got everything dialed where you want it to be. Um, and if it goes in the season, then you just got to work around it, pitch around it and find a way to, to make it happen until, you know, you get feel back for whatever it pitches, um, that you're working on. That's great. That's good. Um, you said pitch around, that's a, that's a skill that I don't think many people really understand the how to still win when your stuff's not exactly you know, exactly where you want it like your stuff's okay so how do you find ways to win when it's off so um yeah. if your curveball didn't work let's play hypothetical if your curveball didn't work what would you what would be your first instinct if you're in the middle of the game and your curveball you're struggling a little bit like what would your go-to be yeah again you know that's like i said that's my pitch so <laughs> if i don't have it i definitely got to find a way for me it, yeah yeah but me, I'll probably just yeah. use my two seam a little bit more. Okay. Um, I've, I've been working on my change up a ton. Honestly, I've been working on it since like my freshman year of college. And um, I think really last couple of years, last year, especially it, it was a pitch that it was, it was really good and I was comfortable going to it. So like I said, for me, that was just such a feel pitch. You just have to throw it and actually trust it. Um, mm-hmm. And the more I've, I just think it's taken me that many reps to, to get to where I can actually throw it and not trying to do too much with it. So for me, I, I would just grow that pitch um, and lean on it pretty heavily. Like I said, it's, it was huge for me. Um, a lot of case, a lot of times last year, and it was really big for me in the, in the world series too. I think I threw a couple good ones, got, um, got some swings and misses, got some roll, uh, some ground ball out. So mm-hmm. that's the one that I would definitely lean on, but yeah, ideally would like the curveball. but you know, it's part of it. You're not going to always have your best stuff. Absolutely. So um, I did have one more question. You, you mentioned the technology side, which, yeah, that's, I mean, there, there's so many, so many different 
pieces to the puzzle. Do you, what's your preferred like piece of technology that you use? You know, I mean, honestly, they're all pretty good. Okay. Um, I, uh, you know, the Edgertronic or any type of slow-mo camera is nice just yeah. to see it. Cause for me, I have issues sometimes with my four seam where I'll cut it too much. Okay. So I think it's kind of important for me to see where's my hand at there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's the one like for the Edgertronic for me, I would use that more for my fastball. Um, but then, you know, the Rapsodo, um, TrackMan, you know, they're both pretty similar. So mm-hmm. They're both good. I, I think it's just being educated and knowing what you're looking at and know what, what numbers suit you um, and not just what are good numbers in general, I guess. Not trying to – I feel like the most important thing is knowing who you are as a pitcher and mm-hmm. then use those numbers and those analytics to improve what you do well. Not try to um, – There's you always want to try to continue to get better and try to find better analytical numbers, but – Mm-hmm. you just got to be careful with striving to do something that you don't do well. Um, and so for me, my example of that would be is uh, my four seam. I don't have great uh, vertical, vertical uh, rise, um, but my two seam, I have really good depth. So it's for me, I got to make sure I'm not worrying too much about getting that vertical ride. And mm-hmm. then toward the end of my two seam. So for me with my four seam, I'm trying just to just improve it enough to where I can help continue to separate those two. Uh, but I don't want to fall in love with being a high vert guy. If that's what we, you know, kind of what, what we'll say. So um, that's kind of one of the, those things that I use. And like I said, you just, I think being able to educate yourself and learn this, learn it is really important. So that way, you know what you're looking at. And if someone is, if you're throwing a bullpen with someone and they know it, they're, you know, they know all the numbers and understand everything. I think being able to understand, know what they're saying is important. So that way you can have that conversation and, kind of help work to find a way to get to what you're, where you want to be. So, yeah, I mean, they're all great, all great information. They all are great tools that um, can definitely help you big time as a pitcher. So I definitely love, you know, really all of them, but I think it's important to, to know what you're looking at. That what stood out to me right there is um, to figure out what works best for you, not trying to make you like not trying to create the numbers, but to understand the numbers, to understand yourself. And that's, um, is, I, you know, I never pitched on a Rapsodo, but I've, I've had one for about four years now. And uh, I don't know if I told you this story, but when I got it, it they, they've been doing baseball for two years and they just added softball. And I had no idea what to look for because there's nothing, nothing like that existed for softball. So I called the company, company and like, what's a good spin rate? And I just asked spin rate. I assumed I'm a girl. They would give me softball numbers. Well, the guy's like, oh, I don't know. 1800 is average for college. So I spent about nine months <laughs> trying to get these 14 year old girls to spin a softball 1800 RPMs. Cause I thought that was the number and we're stalling out around 1400 RPMs. I'm like, I don't know what I'm yeah. doing. I'm like slowing them down, trying to figure it out. And then, um, you know, it, it really came out that 1800 is the baseball numbers and yeah. 1200 is softball numbers. The college yeah. average is 1200. So, um, well, in, pretty good then they're spending yeah. it. <laughs> Absolutely. So I thought I was like, you know, fail a failure as a coach and, you know, I needed to hang it up and quit, but I'm like, no, I'm, I'm actually getting some pretty good results and a couple of girls, 1500 to 1600 RPM. So as, um, as a coach, it's like, I thought I was teaching the right thing. And then I get this misinformation 
And I just, you know, forget everything that I knew, anything that I was taught as a softball coach, like pitcher, like, I don't, I don't even repeat it anymore unless it's to, you know, tell a story, but, uh, yeah. but the Rhapsodo, it taught me like, you know, really what the athlete can do, not what I think they should do and spin yeah. directions and all that stuff is, um, completely out the window. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of what I share that. Cause I, I've done that. I've battled that where I tried to just, um, you know, be a pitcher that I'm not. And next thing I know, I was chasing the wrong stuff. And mm-hmm. I got far away from, you know, now one of my two best pitches is my two seam, my curveball. You know, I was trying to, um, you know, throw mostly four seams and kind of my cutter slider. Um, and I just, quite frankly, I wasn't very good. And I kind of mm-hmm. got really got out of whack. So, um, you know, one day, one of our, um, I think our pitching coordinator, he just kind of sat me down and he like actually really looked at it, like what I did well. And that's kind of when I started to learn that, you know, I, yeah, that's do what you do well. And then, you know, kind of go back to the Kobe thing, then those things you don't do well, try to, you know, increase those. So I think it's always important, you know, especially as a pitcher is, you know, whatever you do well, you need to lock that in and have that be, um, you know, what you're going to go to. Um, but then from there, for me to improve my four seam, um, improve my changeup, and then I still throw my cutter. I like to use it more to, get hitters off my two seams. So um, I think it's, it's, yeah, I think it's, you just have to know what you're, what you do well and um, really hone in on that. And then, you know, as a side, then you work on those things. Um, you don't do as well just to try to make, you know, really become a full complete pitcher. I love that full complete pitcher guys and girls. I mean, it, it takes everything. It's the reps, the discipline, the um, knowing your body, as you said, you, you strengthened yourself a little bit more this year. I mean, do things differently to, you know, make yourself still be at your prime when you start. And then, you know, the numbers are incredible, right? So coach, old coaches like me, it's like, man, I wish I had something like this, but um, yeah. any type of rap today, but I feel like I would um, almost be, I would go through a little bit what you did. Like I would try to be something else because I got attached to the numbers. And um, yeah. how, how often would you, would you use a um, track man or Rapsido or anything to collect analytics? Like, so usually in the off season, I try to throw all my, all my bullpens uh, with it just cause okay. it's for us. That's the time to work on it. And it's like, why not? You know? So yeah. again, early in bull, early in bullpens, it's going to be a little bit different than as you kind of get going, just because, um, you know, for me, at least I'm not fully like ramped up again. I'm just trying to get back on the mound, but it's good to just kind of have those, um, just to see those numbers to make sure you're doing staying in your good habits like for me. So my four seam, it's important to make sure I'm not cutting the ball too much. I'm staying behind it, staying through it. Um, and then now in spring training, we, we usually throw, typically we'll throw our first pin um, without it just to kind of, you know, first pin guys kind of come in excited. So just to kind of focus on, you know, executing pitches and stuff like that. And then from usually here on out, we have them every bullpen too. So, and then we always have them for our games too, obviously. So they have the okay. track man. Uh, yeah hooked up but yeah oh yeah I didn't think about that and then I guess in season you're like every time you're on the mound you got some type of analytics coming in yeah numbers yeah I love that well good deal well um so that's I mean that you answered all the questions I wanted to talk about we hit all the topics is there anything else you would want to add to like um maybe a high school baseball pitcher who's you know maybe not getting great guidance, you know, what type of controllables do they have at like, even without a Rapsodo, without a great coach, without Vandy's facilities, 
is there anything you would um, like encourage them to continue to do? Yeah. I mean, I think one is just continue to educate yourselves. You know I mean? I, there's so many good, um, so much like free stuff now. I mean, obviously you have your podcast. There's a ton of other podcasts. There's yeah. again, the guys I work with at tread athletics, they do, they post free stuff on Instagram. They have, you know, free educational stuff um, on YouTube, on their website. And there's a bunch of other ones too. Driveline will post stuff too. So mm-hmm. there is a ton of resources out there. So just start reading. You know, I mean, I, I hate to read, but I guess to go watch a YouTube video, you know, um, cause there, there's a lot of stuff out there. So that's, I understand there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of places where the coaching isn't as experienced. I'm not going to say anyone's um, bad just cause I don't want to do that. There's a lot of places and, you know, especially young, young, young players in high school where the coaching isn't as, as experienced. So um, the more you can educate yourself and um, continue to learn. And, and then I think always getting stronger, um, is the biggest thing. The stronger you can get, the easier the game's going to come. My dad always told uh, me that and told all of his teams that, you know, and it's true. I think the stronger you get, the easier the game comes um, just because everything's just, you just move better. Um, you don't have to do, you don't have to work as hard to put out the same output uh, when you're on the mound, when you're in the play, whatever it may be. So I think that's the main thing is just, yeah, don't be afraid to you're, watch watch baseball games. I mean, go watch Jacob DeGrom pitch. I mean, he he's his mechanics are as, as fluid as they can be. I don't know of the top softball pitchers right now in college. So yeah, I can't, but same thing, go watch the top college softball pitchers and see what they do well. And, um, and try to just learn from them and apply it to your game. If it applies, if it doesn't, it doesn't, but there's just, there's a lot of good ways. But I think, you know, the big one is, you know, just go watch, go watch, watch players play and um, get stronger. Oh, that's great advice. Get stronger and educate yourself. Like that's, I mean, that's it. It's hard to beat somebody that's stronger than you. And yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel like confidence comes from knowledge. Like if you know how the game works, you play mm-hmm. with a little bit more of a pep in your step or, you know, a little more swag as you understand how this game works and you, you can find ways to win as long as you understand how the game works. So yeah. I yeah. love it. And again, during scrimmages too, ask your hitters, you know, what'd you see, even if you don't, have access to any other stuff you know yeah there's a back yeah they want you to win too so that's good i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna tell my pitching staff that uh, ask yeah. the batters don't just you know come to me and ask me everything ask the batters and yeah. i know they they talk a lot with catchers but yeah obviously catchers is great i mean the catchers are right there behind the yeah. dish so but we're trying to oh. trick trick the batters right yeah so. yeah <laughs> good relationship with your catcher but yeah the hitters your own teammates are going to give you great feedback that's awesome man there were so many nuggets from this Kyle really appreciate you jumping on and doing this with me today and uh I know there's gonna be a lot of baseball guys that are gonna hone in on every word so appreciate you so much